It's banter o'clock! It's Banter Clock. I'm Ethan Ryder alongside Michael Bosky and Nicholas Hodell, and we're back. We're happy to be back, and our show is completely reformed, I guess you could say, in a way. We're just going to change it up. We're going to get more into the uh, quote-unquote juicy topics rather than just scores and stuff. So we'll start right off with the quick Premier League scores roundup from the last, I guess you call it week, even though it's not. There's been tons of games that have happened in this last stretch of a week. But uh, Wolves 2, West Brom 3, we had West Ham 1, Burnley 0, Leeds lost to Brighton 1-0, Fulham lost to Chelsea 1-0, Leicester ended up beating Southampton 2-0, Sheffield United, even though they got to go back, Tottenham beat them 3-1, Liverpool and Man U 0-0, Man City 4, Crystal Palace 0, Arsenal 3, Newcastle 0, Arsenal went back, West Ham 2, West Brom 1, Leicester City 2, Chelsea 0, Leicester City looked like they could be the real deal. Man City 2, Aston Villa 0, Fulham 1, and Manchester United 2. So, I talked about it. It was a boring 0-0 draw, but, of course, Man United played since then. But who should be more worried right now and why? Liverpool or Manchester United? Let me all go first. Um, I believe that Liverpool should be more worried because of just the injury crisis that they've had. And, and the fact they have been trending downward uh, since that 7-0 Crystal Palace massacre that happened um, it only, only, I mean, less than a month ago. Um, Men United, on the other hand, uh, I don't think they necessarily have the talent that Liverpool has uh, when healthy. I think that's pretty uh, obvious. But, you know, Men United have been, play- been playing really well, obviously, with the uh, reform, the reemergence of Paul Pogba, who's been vital to their uh, – change of fortune, uh, one could say. But, I mean, I think Liverpool should be worried. I mean, they have been dropping points to uh, left and right, it seems. They're still in the title race, don't get me wrong. And if they can get some of their key players back, I think that they can make a real big title push. But the fact that Van Dyke is obviously done for the season is just a huge, huge knock on such a great team. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And you guys remember Liverpool's 7-0 thrashing of Crystal Palace back on December 19? You guys remember that game? That was actually Liverpool's last win in the Premier League, and they've only scored one goal since, and that was a 1-1 draw against West Brom December 27. The last three matches, I mean, the defense has been okay, but with two clean sheets in the last three matches, but they haven't been able to get the offense going enough to be able to score goals. So when you look at that in particular, I think that that is exceptionally worrying. However, I do believe once Liverpool finds that offensive form the uh, their defense has been has been proven really to be able to be able to hold their own very well so it's just gotta get that offensive form and i think they'll be okay i definitely pull at the current form they're at right now she'll be worried yeah uh, just to, just to want to say one thing i think that one of the biggest things i saw especially in the man united game was the, the, the lot, I guess it would be the loss of Jordan Henderson in, in like the true midfield with all the injuries has been huge. I mean, um, as obviously Ethan knows very well, he's a vital, vital uh, um, like player in such, an, uh, such a great team. But I think the, the fact that he's playing more defensively, he's not really 
um, in the attacking third as much as he was last year has really hurt them. And I think that's just because of injuries, obviously. But, um, you know, Tiago coming back will definitely uh, help their uh, attacking woes for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think I probably agree with you guys. Um, I, I've had this, this huge, huge, huge idea that United are not Premier League challengers right now. Like, I just don't think they're going to win a Premier League title. I might see it otherwise if Paul Pogba becomes the Paul Pogba we think he can become. But even then, I just don't – I'm not sure they're there. And um, Liverpool, I've not shown they're there either. But I, I think as well – it's just so hard to figure out like there's just been no consistency and whether that be because of COVID or because of injuries, whatever it may be, there's not a lot of consistency in the season in general with whatever team we're talking about, but with Liverpool, there's been tons of injuries. And at the end of the day, we played Manchester United with two midfielders playing center back. We had no starting, we had no senior center backs and we had Jordan Henderson playing in the midfield. Of course, we're going to struggle going forward. Of course, we're going to struggle in the midfield we don't have literally two starting midfielders are now in center back. And I think people don't really talk about it at all right now because Fabinho has been so good there that he almost seems like he was a center back in the first place. But I would agree. I think Liverpool definitely should be more worried, but I also think Liverpool have an easier fix if there is truly any sort of problem, which many of course are flying right now, but I think they might be flying and it might not be sustainable, which Liverpool, if they can find that fix, it might be able to be sustainable. That might be a little bit of a stretch. I don't know. But we'll move on to more title contenders. Who is a more legit title contender and why? Leicester City or Manchester United? I mean, I think the, I think that the real question would be the Man City or Manchester United, who are the more legit title contenders as of now. Um, Leicester City have been not playing even, That's great. not even a question. Come on now. Man City versus Man U is a legit title contender. Right. Yeah, I would. Yes, I think. I think. That, I think at the moment it's a fair. It's a fair question. I think Manchester United have playing playing um unbelievably the last month. Man, so have Man City, but we have not seen consistency from Man City all season until now. And I don't know if I can necessarily rely on that unless. I mean, I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't know unless. I mean, the has been cleaned up completely. And I think we'll talk about John Stones a, a little later, who's been outrageous recently but I don't know if I can trust either one of those back lines as far as Leicester City I would say Manchester United is definitely the more legit title contender at the moment Leicester is is flying right now I mean the, the performance they had against Chelsea was unbelievable um, but I would still say Manchester United right now are the more legit title contender not uh, solely based on points but I think that Manchester United has Granted, yes, they have a lot more money to spend, are just higher quality players. Bruno Fernandes is just spectacular. Obviously, Pogba is playing amazing right now. And you still got Martial, who has not even looked good, barely looked good this entire season. And, um, and Manchester United are still playing some of the best they've played in the last few years. So I think Manchester United right now are more legit title contenders. But Leicester City, I mean, they are a very, very legit side um, with Madison coming back and playing as well as he ever has. Yeah, and I, th- I absolutely agree with pretty much everything you're saying, including that Man United, I think, are the, are the more legit title contenders. United has really just sustained this run of form that they've had. And, you know, if they've been able to find ways to 
pick up points, even, even if they are dropping in draws along the way as well. They've been able to find ways to at least get some form of points really for the last two months. It's been quite the entertainment um, as well. I think for a club like Leicester, though, they got me worried more about top four. I still think it's a really good team. I, I just think that some of the demons from, la- from the end of last season, when you saw Leicester was up in that top four for the most part of them, and all of a sudden in the last few match weeks, they completely blow top four in, in Champions League football. They are going to have to really get rid of those demons from last year. I think that's something Leicester is going to have to really worry about, especially if it is tight once again down the stretch. Yeah, for sure. I think as much as I don't want to say, I, I don't know what it is, why I don't think United are title contenders. Um, I just don't. I, I think it's mainly because I don't believe in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, which would be the same reason I probably don't believe in Leicester City as well. But, I mean, it, it's, it's an interesting question for sure. And I think Leicester City, I think the real question around Leicester City is at what point do you consider them a legitimate top six team? in the Premier League because it's been a couple of years now that they've been up there and they've been showing that they are probably capable of it. And they seem like they're only getting better. Now there is a big question of when Jamie Vardy leaves, how do they fill that hole? I think that's been a big part of who Leicester city are. Um, but to answer the question, I think it'd have to go man U just because of it is Manchester United and they've been showing a lot of consistency and they've also shown a lot of grit to win games when they maybe shouldn't have. They've, I think it said today that they've been behind in uh, a lot of games and every single time they've been behind at halftime away from home, they've came back and uh, won the game. So that's, that's a, that's a big deal, but I would go man you too. Now, John stones, he scored a brace after scoring his first goal for Manchester city. Where does John stones rank amongst England and also Premier league center backs? You know, the, this whole story has been very interesting because stones out of white, Absolutely on fire. I think that with England overall, they just don't have the world-class center backs that some of these other countries have. And I think because of that, Stones can easily, with this form, find himself in international football very soon at a very high-quality clip. I really want to take opportunity, though, to mention just how much Ruben Diaz has played a big role in this. I think this partnership that's come along has some, something that's come around really organically with, with Diaz and Stones together. The, this pairing starting together this, so far this season, 11 games, 10 wins, 10 clean sheets, and only one goal conceded. That is very formidable right there. And I do think Stones has definitely benefited from Ruben Diaz coming into Manchester City. I think he's been able to learn something from him. And they've just been playing really well together. Yeah, I agree, with, I agree with Nick. I think that, that John Stones, uh, with his run of form, is certainly going to find himself into the England squad. Not that that's much of an achievement because, um, I mean, I agree with Nick. Nick uh, uh, England is lacking in world-class center backs, and I think that's uh, pretty apparent. But as far as club, John Stones has been playing very well this year, and most of it's gone under the radar. Um, I mean, Ruben Diaz, he, I mean, he's been spectacular this year, one of the best uh, players in the Premier League for sure as far as uh, defenders. But, I mean, I think John Stones does, does deserve his credit. I mean, his uh, – I was actually watching some John – not like John Stones' like highlights, but I was watching like an analysis video on John Stones when Ethan brought it up yesterday. And his passing at the back has been really, really good. It's been really improved 
from even last year when he had trouble finding himself in the squad at times. And so I think John Stones right now, I mean, he's certainly, as far as form, one of the best in the Prem. I don't, I don't know if I can consider him uh, anything like close to uh, in the upper echelon of Premier League defenders uh, uh, until he can be more consistent. But now, I mean, he is definitely one of the reasons Man City's defense has been by far the best in the Prem, which I did not think I would be saying five months ago. Wow, who would have guessed? Man City paid a bunch of money on center backs and they're becoming a great center back partnership. Oh, wow. Ruben Diaz is a great center back. No crap. They spend a crap ton of money on him. But hey, John Stones, he ranks amongst English center backs. Like we said, there's not that many England center backs that he's really going up against. I mean, what Harry Maguire is probably their best center back. He has been up and down, unquestionable. I guess he's been doing better recently, but there's been. Fair, fair amount of criticism about Harry Maguire. And in the Premier League, I mean, I think there's a lot of Premier League center backs, but what I think about John Stones is he was great at Everton. He went he went to Man City and he just wasn't quite making the grade like he was at Everton. But at Everton, I mean, he was great. That's why City spent, I think it was like one of the record fees for a center back back then when they spent it for John Stones. Like he was very good in the Premier League. And like you said, he was very good as a passing center back, which is huge for Manchester City because of how they play. But someone... I think it was Higginbottom on the NBCSN network said that he was a top three center back. And I was like, whoa, now, whoa, now top three in the league is a little bit much right now because I, I, he's a great center back and don't get me wrong. He probably could be that, but he's, it's just, it's only like 10 games or so right now that he's been playing great. Like let's, let's take a chill pull on the like top three in the league. I mean, that's, that's just my opinion, though. The next question, where do we rank Pogba amongst the Premier League's best today? He scored an absolute stunner with his left foot. I think Pogba, I'll go first here because I, I have a very strong opinion on this. I've thought this even when he struggled. I think Paul Pogba is the best midfielder in the world, arguably the best player in the world, if you take his skill set. If he plays the way that Pogba can play, I think that Paul Pogba is – unbelievable now best player in the world that's a little bit of a stretch i don't actually think he's best player in the world but he's definitely arguably the best midfielder in the world and when he plays right i think he has the imp or he has the ability to have the most impact out of anyone else in the world on a team in terms of winning uh listen uh, part of being the best is being the best consistently and pogba certainly lacks that i mean when he came to united from juventus the expectation was this is the guy that's going to bring us titles I mean he was he was the biggest signing they've had since Ronaldo I mean he was Ronaldo arguably I mean Pogba is such an interesting case for me because you know whenever I watch him and he is just focused and he is and he wants to win like Ethan said there is almost no better midfielder in the world if not any I mean the guy the guy can do it all and I mean, I think last year or the year before, he led Man United in assists, goals, passes completed. Like he was doing it all for a team that really struggled. Um, but I mean, I just have to see it more from him. I want, I want to see it, Pogba string together an entire season where he shows that he is worth all the money that United paid for. And he's arguably not even the best man, uh, midfielder on his own team, which says – which could say a lot about Bruno Fernandes. It could say a lot about Pogba. But um, certainly when Pogba's on, he is certainly one of the best. But it's just the lack of consistency uh, for me. And I, I struggle to put him in that world-class, you know, best players in the world uh, category simply because he lacks so much consistency in his game. And, and I'll just say this. If you cannot put together a 
consecutive season of spectacular play from start to finish. You cannot be one of your league's best players, period. End of discussion. And as far as I'm concerned, Paul Pogba is not even the best midfielder in Manchester. And that would go to Kevin De Bruyne because he deserves it. All right, you guys are making a little bit of a – I said in terms of his skill set, I think he can have a bigger impact on a game in terms of his skill set or skill set than Kevin DeBorne can. But, of course, he's never actually been consistent, and I completely agree with that, which makes this an interesting question because where the heck do you rank him because he's never actually been consistent enough in showing how good he is. But if you're just looking at his skill set and how freaking good he is, I mean, he won a World Cup because of mainly how he played in that midfield and completely drove a team – and ran a whole team to win a World Cup, which is one of the most prestigious trophies in world football. So that's all I'm saying. But we'll move on to the players that have kind of impressed. We normally do players of the week, but there's been kind of a weird week, like we've said. So my player that impressed was James Madison. He scored twice in the two games, and he's just absolutely vital to what Leicester City do. And he runs this team. He drives them. He assists. He scores. This man has been abs- He's been way better than I would have expected coming from Norwich City, I think is where he came from, but way better than I would have expected. And he's been absolutely running this team, and he's why they are so high on the table. Yeah, for me, I chose Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And not only did he score a couple of uh, goals at the, uh, at the weekend against Newcastle, but, I mean, he's the biggest reason Arsenal has turned their season around. I mean – it's no that when he's struggling, Arsenal struggles. And maybe that's uh, Arsenal's downfall, that they rely way too much on Aubameyang. I mean, granted, when he's on fire, he can win you trophies. And we saw that last year leading Arsenal to an FA Cup victory. Um, but, you know, early in the season started off horrendously for him. And Arsenal were as bad as we've ever seen them. Now he's starting to pick it up, turning it around. And with a great performance with a couple of goals – Arsenal could be back in that European football race, uh, putting it with another couple wins. And I, and I see that I see that look in Aubameyang's eyes, where he he certainly wants to turn the season around and show that he is worth all the money that Arsenal are going to be giving him. We go with someone that's been a little under underrated. Uh, how about Ben Mee from Burnley? Uh, his performance against West Ham was phenomenal, playing in an eight point one rating in the Who Scored metric. Three tackles, six clearances, and he put in six more clearances a couple of matches earlier, uh, really the last match for Burnley in 2020 against Sheffield United. He has been someone that when he performs well, I believe that Burnley is much better off for it. Um, if not, it can be a bit of a rough day at the office for Burnley. So really, Ben, ben me, it's very interesting to really track on that. I believe that when he is on, chances are Burnley is also at some point going to be able to put in at least a decent little performance in themselves. That's for sure. Defense is a big part of how Burnley play, and Ben Mee is a big part of that. Moving on, other competitions. We got FA Cup coming up. A lot of Premier League teams are involved. Uh, I'm not going to name all of them because there are tons of games against teams that probably don't matter. Uh, I believe Southampton, not that they don't matter. They're not as big. Uh, just put that out there so I don't uh, you know, get attacked for saying that they don't matter. But uh, Southampton play Arsenal. That's one of the bigger matchups. We'll highlight some of the bigger matchups. Southampton play Arsenal on Saturday. Uh, there is a Manchester City for Nick. They play Cheltenham. Who would have guessed they got an easy team? Uh, Leicester City play Brentford, which should be pretty interesting. Brentford, of course, almost came up to the league last year. Manchester United versus Liverpool is undoubtedly the headline. 
I, I just have nothing to say that Liverpool drew Manchester United in the FA Cup, another Premier League team. I think there's like nine of the last 10 we've had a Premier League team. Uh, Wickham versus Tottenham on Monday for Bosky, top four Tottenham, not quite in the FA Cup. But guys, let's, let's put this out there. FA Cup, interesting. Uh, it's, it's not the City Cup. It's not the Carabao Cup. Maybe it has a little bit more importance in England and around the world. Who do you guys think has the best chance of winning the FA Cup and why? I mean, it, I, I think if Manchester City continue to get these ridiculous draws that they're paying the FA for, I think certainly Man City is the highest chance. Uh, yeah, I don't want to hear it, Nick. The fact that Liverpool – I mean, I'm not even a Liverpool fan, but the fact that Liverpool draws Manchester United top of the table and Man City draws Cheltenham. Like, I, I don't – come on. Come you on. You mentioned Tottenham's easy draws too? I, I Tottenham did get the, the – it was the big – it would have been the biggest upset if they had beaten uh, – well, I can't remember, Marine or, or something. Yes, Tottenham's gotten easy draws for sure. I don't think they have a better chance of winning this competition than – Manchester City, however, I will say that Tottenham in a tournament style, like winner go home type thing, Jose Mourinho is the coach that you definitely want to have on your side. He because he is almost built for, for a tournament style sort of play because he can get you wins, he gets you points. And the way he he you know manages the game is definitely more of a is definitely something you'd see in a Champions League knockout stage or something like that. So I think that a Jose Mourinho side definitely can go far in a tournament like the FA Cup, especially with the easy drives they'll be getting. But I would still say Manchester City, combined with their form, combined with the drives that they've been getting, definitely have the best chance of winning this competition. Yeah, and I think you make valid points in all fronts. I mean, what we've seen from Pep Guardiola, especially in those Champions League um, knockout ties, he tends to really like to – uh, change up the lineup a little bit, you know, trying to experiment with things in such a big situation. And and I think that where the potential for that goes is when America Laporte comes back. What does Pep do with Laporte when he comes back? You know, does he insert him right into the lineup and disrupt what has been one of the better partnerships as of late for City? Or does he try to let this defensive duo tend to just blossom, you know, and try to put Laporte, you know, maybe in a game wide against Cheltenham, which City would be said he would be ridiculously silly to lose that kind of game. I think that's kind of a chance for, you know, Laporte to, you know, get some form under himself before going into some massive Premier League games. So you do make a very interesting point there of Jose Mourinho and his style fit for tournament, tournament situations because it seems like for City, what Pep is trying to do, trying to tinker around that lineup, it doesn't seem to really work in his favor most of the time. Hence why City has not won a Champions League yet under Pep Guardiola. So it is very interesting, though. And, I mean, let's be real, guys. Man City, they are the CEOs of getting easy cup ties. And that you got to play that. You got to have that have, – you got to have that play a factor here, too. Yeah, just to uh, put this into perspective, uh, this is apparently per uh, Ian Doyle. Liverpool have now been drawn against Premier League opposition 17 times in 26 domestic cup draws under Jurgen Klopp. Wow. Talk about talk so, about uh, Gotland in a draw situation there. Say what? Talk about running a Gotland with a draw situation. That oh, yeah, is yeah. just it's, something else. It's no no romance for the cup for sure. But in terms of teams that have a chance, I, I really like Bosky's shot. I was thinking about it beforehand of Tottenham just because I feel like 
this is going to be a very, very tight title race. And the way that Tottenham's playing right now, I'm not exactly sure they'll be in that race. I don't want to like say they're not going to be, but in terms of looking around, in terms of an actual title race, United are getting being consistent. City are City, Liverpool are Liverpool. And then outside of that, maybe Leicester City, and then you have Tottenham, and it's just it gets kind of clustered to that point. And I think at some point, if that's the case, you'd think Tottenham get past Wickham on Monday, and then you'd think Jose Moreno, he's someone that wins trophies. So you're going to think he's going to look for somewhere to win a trophy and why not the FA cup with a league where maybe they're, I just think in the FA cup, a lot of teams that do successful, the teams that aren't necessarily challenging in the Premier league anymore, not necessarily challenging in the champions league in the Europa league, wherever they may be. So this might be a chance for them to win a trophy when they're not necessarily challenging as much as other clubs and Jose Moreno is there. So like you said, he's someone that, is good. He's almost built for a cup tie. He can get you a win in whatever game it may be. If that means he has to sit back, if that means he has to attack, he'll probably do it. And they have a heck of a talented squad that have been very much so performing so far this season. But if you and at, at and the same time, mix, and if you mix that with Tottenham's burning desire to actually win a trophy for once, I think that could be a perfect little ingredient for a nice little run at, at a trophy. You know, I mean, yeah. Tottenham is okay. Sure, desperate to get themselves a trophy, and maybe this is it. And, and we're forgetting Tottenham also has gone. I mean, granted, it's the Carabao Cup, but they are in the final, so they do know what it's what what it's like to you know get to a tournament final in this in a similar style. Granted, obviously the EFL Cup is is a little different with a little you know the stakes aren't as high, but they are in a final for that. They do so they do know what it takes, and I think that in a tournament style. Um, you know, thing, a tournament style, just Mourinho is built for that. I mean, I think he's won it before. He's won the FA Cup a few times, I believe, with Chelsea. And so I, I think that they have a very, very good shot. And, and that's not just me saying that because I want them to win it. I think they legitimately have a shot. I that's, that's a good point. But with it all being said, I still think Man City with the CEO of draws and paying of poor draws is definitely the favorite just because – not only that, they also pay a crap ton of money to have a B team that's basically an A team. So they just play them in these in these tournaments and always outrun teams like Cheltenham. Uh, so th- I mean, think about like just think about. I, I don't, you know, what? I'm gonna look it up. Who is Cheltenham's striker? Because I have no idea. Cheltenham. Let's see. Cheltenham's first Will year. Gray. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna guess it's, it's gonna be someone of like Will Greg Cal- uh, caliber or something like that, like. Or Wilfred Boney or something like that. I know it's obviously not. This is not working. Cheltenham. So, I mean, let's just, like, like, seriously, though. Like, how do you get Cheltenham? They're in, like, Football League 2. They're not even even top of Football League 2. They're in sixth in Football League 2. Let's see, they played Newport County yesterday. Let's see this lineup. So, A. May is their number 10. Alfie May. Alfie May going up against Americ Laporte. Like, seriously? Like, this is like, I know, I always have conversations with people about if, like, Mo Salah went to the MLS and how much he would just absolutely destroy. Or if, like, literally anyone from the Premier League went to the MLS, how unfair it would be. Like, that's literally City every single time they get in any of these competitions. It, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But, Nick, do you have anything to say? I guess I should let you defend yourself. But you already said you guys are the CEO. <laughs> I mean, I've got nothing else to say. Like, I think you make great points. Yeah, and I mean, let's for the teams that aren't CEOs of paying Liverpool, Manchester United, 
Jurgen Klopp has we, we Liverpool have played a lot of teams that are very like I said they're Premier League level teams they're strong teams in this uh, in a competition that maybe doesn't have as much significance to some people. Jurgen Klopp is someone that has not given much significance to the FA Cup. Played Premier League teams before they played their first team uh, and they have we've played all of our youngsters or whatever the heck it may be. But United versus Liverpool, how do you guys think this one will play out? Ooh, I mean, I'm hoping it plays out better than the Liverpool menu game uh, over the weekend. But um, I think this is a huge game for both, not only Liverpool, but I, I think this is a big game for Manchester United as well. Because, I mean, uh, just when we were talking about Tottenham is hungry for a trophy, so are Manchester United. It's been a little while since they've won a trophy, and they've they've certainly had their failures in not only the Europa League, last year's FA Cup, uh, I mean, they've certainly had their failures. So I think they're going to be hungry for a trophy. I, I'm hoping we can see a good performance from both teams. I think Man United is going to squeak this one out simply because I believe that they, this mat matters more to them than it does for Liverpool at the moment. Yeah, and I think it's an absolute travesty that Klopp doesn't value the FA Cup. I think that's a shame. Uh, and, and I think that that sort of attitude could very well be – ultimately the difference in what these two managers decide to put out for their lineups. I mean, if that Liverpool lineup is weaker uh, because of the competition, I absolutely think that they and I will, will win this. I absolutely think that. I also think, I mean, considering how Liverpool have been struggling, I think Jurgen Klopp is someone that a lot of the time you question how he puts out teams, sometimes why he puts out starting 11s. Given how much they've been struggling, depending on how much they – actually have been struggling what Jurgen Klopp thinks he might take this game as an opportunity to sorry they do play Burnley on Thursday we didn't talk about it because we haven't done previews yet I am absolutely losing it so if Liverpool play Burnley and they play better it might change who he ends up putting in but if they play bad again I wouldn't be surprised if he decided to put out a stronger lineup and be like guys you got to figure something out at some point you're going to figure it out at some point you're going to play better and if it's right now, then it's right now, which means he might put out a better lineup or he might put out a weaker lineup. You never know with Jurgen Klopp in the FA Cup. But I agree. I think I think this is a big game. I think it could be a morale booster for Liverpool as well as they push on to try and at least get better and play better. But our Premier League preview, we're not going to count Liverpool's game tomorrow against Burnley. That does happen. I'll tell you right now that happens. We're not going to do that in predictions, though. We're just going to do the next week of games. That's an actual match week. But for those uh, that actual match week, Newcastle play Leeds, Crystal Palace play West Ham, Southampton play Arsenal, West Brom play Manchester City, Chelsea play Wolves, Burnley play Aston Villa, Brighton play Fulham, Manchester United play Sheffield United, Everton play Leicester City, and then Tottenham play Liverpool on Thursday. So this is a line of fairly big games. I think games that have big implications on certain things. One game that could have implications is Chelsea versus Wolves. Frank Lampard could be sacked. There's, there was a rumor that came out that I thought was absolutely preposterous that he could be sacked very soon, uh, which I think is an interesting thing. I, I'm interested to see what you guys think. Should Lampard be sacked if he starts to not win games and con or continues, I guess, in the form that he's been in? That's going to have to be something that's done in the long term. I, I can't find any reason right now 
on why you would pull the plug uh, on, on Frank Lampard. Yes, Chelsea is a bit down in the table and in eighth with no games in hand, actually, at this point um, on nine games. But I do think that you just kind of have to give this some, some time, um, really. Um, and let's not forget Chelsea's form to really start this season off. Uh, what's go- what happens over the course of, of the snack tournament a lot, I think. Wolves, Burnley, Tottenham, Sheffield, Newcastle. What happens in these next five games for Chelsea, I think, is going to really determine whether that rumor actually does have some potential substance to it. Right now, I don't think it has anything. But this could be end up being a story to monitor very closely. I'm on the complete other end. I think Lampard, if he drops points in this game, I believe he should be fired. Um, and I'm and, I, and I'm and look, I understand that you know, so you got to get used to the team. They got a lot of new players in, but they but they spent hundreds and hundreds of millions millions of dollars in this past transfer window. I guess the past summer transfer window, and they have very poor. Yes, I agree. It has to be some of the players as well. Very disappointing to say the least. And some of those other players have not performed as well as many of us had hoped. But, I mean, this is a team now that's, that's – they're almost mid-table. They're eighth, I believe, right now. Arsenal Arsenal is only a few points behind them. And with the form that we're seeing Arsenal in and the trend that we're having Chelsea, I believe Arsenal will surpass Chelsea and, and arguably finish the, finish the entire season higher than Chelsea. But I think if Chelsea continues this run, they have to get Lampard out. This is unacceptable for a team like Chelsea – to be battling for possible Europa League contention. I mean, what I I think Lampard should be probably sacked or be very, very short least if he drops points in the next few games at the minimum. They've looked terrible. And um, I believe tactically it, it Lampard has been one of the reasons why. All right, all right, hear me out. Hear me out. This this might be this might be too complicated for me to even even understand myself. But so Frank Lampard is a young manager. He's someone that came from Derby. He's someone that's played for Chelsea before, and he wasn't necessarily proven. He and at the beginning of this year, when we had other episodes, I talked about him and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. How I thought both of them were not fit for the job. I didn't think either of them were ready. Maybe Ole is proving me wrong. He probably would say he is. Lampard seems like he's just proving me correct. But at the same time. They brought in, they paid hundreds of millions of dollars. They brought in Timo Werner and they brought in Kai Havertz and they brought in Akim Ziyech. Ziyech has been injured. Havertz is young, so you would expect him, I mean, for the amount of money they paid for. Bad. Havertz has been bad. Havertz he's been, been, he's been bad. terrible. He has been absolutely terrible. And for the amount of money that they paid for him, that's absolutely unacceptable to pay that much money for someone. But that's still for the future. When you're talking about someone like Frank Lampard, they're in eighth right now. And they are five points off of fourth place, which is not absolutely terrible. The, the, it is absolutely clustered right now. As Nick would say at the beginning of the season, it is still right now in terms of top four, in terms of title race, everyone is right next to each other. So the next run of games is very important. If they win the next couple games, they could be in the top four right away. The question is who drops out because there are a lot of teams in Man U, Man City, Leicester, Liverpool, Tottenham, arguably Everton, Chelsea, Arsenal. All those teams are realistically one name Champions League football. Maybe Champions League football is a little much, but they're going to try and challenge for that. And then you had teams like Wolves. You had teams that were up there looking for it. Southampton have been challenging. 
it's crazy right now. To what? sack someone right now, I think would be absurd because the question I would have is if you sack Frank Lampard right now, who's sitting in eighth, five points off of fourth, with a team trying to implement a style that hasn't quite been implemented yet, players that haven't quite reached their potential. I mean, Thibaut Werner is not scoring at all. He looks like he's a completely different player. Havertz looks like a completely different player. ZX's been injured. If you sack him right now, what do you get out of it? Like, how are you going to get, are you going to get better? Like, are you going to bring someone else in that's going to only have half of a season to implement his ideas? Like, I just think that's not good for the long term, and you have to at least stick it out with Lampard for a little bit longer. No, you make a good point. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think I've always been someone that's been against sacking managers midseason. So, but I just believe, I mean, Lampard, look, we've given him a chance, but when has Chelsea looked this poor with the talent around them in the last 10 years? I cannot, I, like, like, seriously, like, this is, this Chelsea team is right now sitting in eighth, West Ham's in seventh, three points ahead of them with 32. Southampton is 29 as well. Arsenal 27th. I'm saying if they drop a game or two or, or they pick up one point in the next two games, they could realistically be sitting at 12th, which is terrible. I mean, that's a fireball offense. That's below yeah, the yeah, table but they could, I mean, I, I, could, I yeah. could agree with that, but you arguably, they could be in a couple games. They could be in fourth or they can be in third because that's how the no, team that's what I'm saying. Right no, that's what I'm saying. No, I say if he, if he wins a couple, I'm, I'm saying if he loses a couple or picks up one point in the next few games, I think you have to sack him. And, and that also sends a message to the players. I mean, remember when Mourinho got uh, got sacked with United and they got Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. They went on a run of games. It wasn't that many, to be fair, but they went on a run of games where they looked pretty good. It could send a message to the players. It, it could completely change everything because right now, none of those players believe in Lampard, and it shows. And if we're going to talk about positioning and if we're going to you know, set a benchmark of where Chelsea has to be below after absolute firewall, Southampton has a game in hand on Chelsea. Ashton Villa has three. So you have a couple of teams right there that can easily jump above Chelsea. Not of Chelsea's own doing, not by Chelsea losing, but just because some of the other teams have games in hand. So you got to keep that into perspective as well. If the board is looking for a certain position to be below at to send that message, you got to take a look at those two teams and what they do. Much more so Ashton Villa than Southampton. Yeah, I, I see. I, I think we all kind of agree that he shouldn't be sacked right now. But if if it doesn't go that way, yeah, but you got to still – I think we all agree you still got to stick with him for at least a little bit longer. But – Yeah, at least I would say give him a month to prove it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll move on to another team, Arsenal, which also had a coach that I questioned back in the good old beginning of the season, Mikel Arteta. Arsenal are absolutely flying. Aubameyang scoring again, as Bosky said earlier. And there's really, it's really a simple question. Are Arsenal back? Back is an interesting, t- I mean, like, are they, I think that they're back to being a top uh, in the upper upper half, I would say. Uh, <laughs> not that that's saying much, but I believe Arsenal, I mean, right now, looking at the table, they're only, they're, I mean, they're six points out of fifth place, which granted six points is qu- quite a bit especially in a Premier League like this. But, I mean, if Arsenal can run, run together a few games, and I, I believe that the exit of Ozil has, will definitely have good – will definitely provide 
I mean, it's, it's closure on that end. And now, and I believe that was holding them back a lot for the last couple of years, because, you know, while he wasn't playing, obviously he was still making headlines. It was still a huge issue for Arsenal, just getting him out and just, you know, clearing that entire situation. So I believe with Ozil leaving, that's definitely going to be a, you know, that's definitely going to be a huge for Arsenal in terms of turning it around. And they do have a lot of talent. Um, regardless of what, how they're playing, they do have a lot of talent. I believe if Aubameyang could, could catch fire like he did last season or in seasons past, he could carry this team into a, a top six situation. And I, and I would not be surprised at all. And I, and I will say this. Saturday, January 30th, Arsenal, Manchester United. If Arsenal can win that game and obviously not drop against Southampton, they're back. And I say that because for, for the Arsenal, Arsenal being back for to what Arsenal as a big club and their expectations are. If you can't win games against title contenders, what's the point? They are, to be fair, fantastic run, including a win against Chelsea. We know we've documented Chelsea's struggles a little bit. I, I just really think that if you're going to use that term, Arsenal is back, that kind of game right there, has to be the contender and a huge club with huge names that have been performing well. I think that's that's a solid point. Um, I think the Chelsea win was kind of a fluke, in my opinion. Uh, it has kind of bounced them back, though. In terms of it actually being Arsenal were that good to beat them, I'm not exactly sure. Not that it was a fluke. I'm just not sure. I'm not convinced. And they played against a lot of teams. They tied against Crystal Palace, who have proven to be a tough team to beat, but they did tie against them. They did destroy West Brom in the snow. They destroyed Newcastle twice, including in the FA Cup. So, I mean, they look good. And, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens and what Mikel Arteta can do with that young side. Last question, implications of Tottenham versus Liverpool, which is a massive game that is against two teams that not too long ago were one and two in the table and now are fourth and fifth in the table. Implications, Bosky. Uh, I mean, I think if Tottenham wins, they, I think, especially with a, with a with a dominant win, which I don't think they're going to get, but with a win regardless, I believe that they could legitimately make another title push. They'll they'll only be four points out of first place, and I think with a with a Liverpool loss, this this that'll be. I mean, it's huge. That might take them out of the title race for now, especially with the injuries that we've discussed. I mean, this game is make or break for each one of these teams' title. Um, so I, I cannot wait for this one. But I just I believe that this is this game will determine who is who in, in the title run is left. As far as and I, and, and I think that if Tottenham wins, all heck is going to break loose throughout the rest of the season at the top table. Uh, and I think that you know if you look at another team above both those teams, Leicester City. I really don't know who you root for if you're Leicester if you're trying to really. Uh, maintain yourselves in top four. I really think if you're last year, you've got to root uh, for Liverpool. It's just one of those situations to where the more distance you can put on yourself between you and the rest of the uh, clubs for a top four position, if you're trying to stay there, I think for Leicester, the better, especially with what happened last year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I completely agree. This is, I think, depending on what Liverpool do against Burnley tomorrow, and then, I mean, this game, if they lose this game, there's no, 
not a lot of people are going to be thinking they're going to win the title. If they win this game, they're still in it, but they got to win it because if they lose this game, it's fans around them. It's people around the league. It's the players. They're going to start losing faith and hope and Klopp's going to have to do some magic at that point, but he needs to win this game and that team needs to win this game. It's basically, it's a must win. It's as simple as that for two teams wanting to win the title. Now, what our show's based off of banter, banter of the week. Mine, Paul Pogba has been absolutely on fire recently. I saw a meme. It was Paul Pogba. And I said, why does he play so well in this jersey? And it was the zebra kids for Manchester United. And it was just him running around scoring goals. And it ends with them saying, because he still thinks he's playing at Juventus. <laughs> and I was like, well... I mean, I mean, they've hit it. They've hit it right on the head. I mean, that's it, it's a, it's it's the best way you could describe why he's been doing so well, honestly. For sure. Um, for my bench of the week, I I don't know if it's actually from this past week, but um, with all the La Liga catastrophes, I didn't want to get into that as a Barcelona fan. So I've decided to go with I I think it was against Man City played. Burnley or so? I think, I believe it was Burnley. Was it and they won 1-0. Um, and it was at, late in the game. Kevin De Bruyne, whatever. I, th- I believe it was Kevin De Bruyne. goes down and it's a penalty. And apparently he was too tired to take the penalty, oh. which I've never even heard about. Like, how are you too tired to take a penalty? So you just walk up and come on. It's Kevin De Bruyne as well. So he gives it off to Sterling, oh. who just skies the penalty into the like over the stadium oh, of course and it i mean they, they pulled the three points they won the game but i just thought like how could you become t- too tired to take a penalty like you like in the 90s man it, this isn't like kevin DeBorn has never played 90 minutes before i mean this is a guy that doesn't get subbed off an entire season and apparently he's too tired so we let sterling take it and my god it was a horrendous penalty one of the worst of the year and I mean, it was the, the memes are flying about Sterling. Not only can he not put away a two foot tap in, but now he can't even put away penalties on target. So it, it, it was it was a pretty awesome moment. I'm sure Nick had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, Raheem Sterling and Skyers gives me very bad memories. It, it really does. Um, but outside Damn, of England, he left for money, so I he, he doesn't sit well in my uh, head either. Oh gosh, outside of England, Real Madrid, they've. It's been interesting to say the least. And now they're out of the Copa del Rey. I guess a third division club. Yeah, this is a, a big ouchie in, in Real Madrid world. And per squawk of football, how about this? 41-year-old Jose Juan Figueres made 10 saves against Real Madrid. He has only ever played one top flight game in his career. So you're, I mean, that is magic right there of a domestic cup situation uh but my goodness that's bad that's out zidane's gonna be sacked tomorrow i guess my goodness and i wouldn't blame real madrid either i mean you're you're making someone that has he made his debut in 1999 so he's definitely played professional football for a while but he's only ever played one top flight game in his career here people and you're making him look like a superhero. I mean, come on now. That is absurd. That's 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 really bad. Like, like, wow. That I mean, sometimes like every now and then you hear that from uh who's the team? Oh, well, who's the guy? 
there was a team recently. It might have been. It must have been in the FA Cup, and it was a it was a Premier League team that ended up. Bosky has to leave. We'll see you later, Bosky. Okay, you got. I'll, I'll text you my predictions. Uh, incoming ten out of ten. Just just incoming me. ten out of ten for Bosky. Apparently, we'll we'll roast him for every single pick. I'm telling you, ten out of ten right now. I, I don't want to spoil the games. That's why I have to leave. All right, so. To finish off the show, there was a team in the FA Cup that won. I, I, oh my gosh, I wish I knew who the team was because there's a guy and they were beating a Premier League team. Oh, it was Leeds United. It was Crawley Town. Crawley Town is playing Leeds United, which is who they beat 3-0. In, in the, I talk about Leeds United struggling, but they beat Leeds 3-0. And this guy comes on named Josh Doherty or maybe, maybe it was Mark Wright, one of the two. Someone came on for Crawley Town that was like, he was literally just a TV star. And like, it was like his, his off job was to play for Crawley Town. And I was like, wow, that's just, <laughs> that's the epitome. That's just the epitome of just absolutely roasting on someone. Beating him 3-0, beating a Premier League side 3-0 and then summing on a TV reality star. Absolutely <laughs> absurd stuff there. Absolutely absurd scenes. That's why you love the FA Cup, not the City Cup. But uh, we'll move on to predictions. Um, Bosky has not texted us our predictions yet. Hopefully he texts them kind of soon or else we won't even have them in the show. But uh, here we go. So predictions, Newcastle versus Leeds is the first game. See, this it's just – oh, wait, I'm sorry. Let's, let's get to the total points here right now. Right now, we haven't done predictions in a while. I'm still on top with 52. Nick has 48 in the supposed 10 out of 10 Michael Bosky has 43 sitting in the last. So nice. we don't really have a last week because we haven't really done anything recently. But um, so, Nick, Newcastle versus Leeds. Who do you have? I think Newcastle has uh, definitely, um, though recent form doesn't necessarily suggest that, um, I would imagine that Newcastle find something within them. It would be a bit of a shock given the first meeting of well, Leeds 5, Newcastle 2, but I do think Newcastle will get the season split. So you, so what are you saying is going to happen? Newcastle. New, a Newcastle win? Yeah, I know. A bit of a surprise, but... Wow. I mean, I guess we did just say Crowley Town beat Leeds. So, I mean, it's, it's not, maybe not that big. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm going to go Leeds. I think uh, I think they'll they'll pull away in this one. Crystal Palace versus West Ham. I'm liking how both of these teams are playing. I think it's heavily dependent on if Wilfred Zaha plays for Crystal Palace, but I really really like West Ham recently, so I'm gonna go West Ham. Yeah, West Ham's form has definitely been better. Um, it should be a tough match. Crystal Palace has been a, a tough out for a lot of clubs, uh, but I will take West Ham here. All right. Southampton versus Arsenal. This is a big one. Uh, the last time they played, I believe they played to a draw. This is a huge – I think this is – this is a big game for Arsenal, maybe even more so than the United game you talked about, Nick, because if they can't beat Southampton, then they really truly aren't back kind of thing. But Southampton have been so good this season. Maybe that's not true. They got to draw the first time. I'm actually going to say Arsenal are going to win this one. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the Arsenal bandwagon, at least for the time being. And really – Southampton's been a tough out over the course of the last five, too. Obviously, the two losses they have over the last five, they've been against quality opponents. So it's not like Southampton hasn't been playing terrible either. 
Uh, I am going to go with Arsenal. I think that, to your point, if Arsenal truly is back, they have got to get this one against a Southampton team that they've given some clubs some fits um, that really could, should be beating Southampton. For sure. West Brom versus Manchester City. West Brom ended up getting a tie last time. City were not in the form they are in right now. I'm going to go Man City. Well, I'm obviously in the city training kit. I've even got the city shorts on. If I were to pick against City, that's like treason. And I have done it before, but not wearing the city shorts for crying out loud. I kind of go Man City here. All right. Next one, Chelsea versus Wolves. This is a big one. I'm going to actually go a draw. I just don't think Chelsea have what it takes to pull it out. And I think Wolves have been struggling. So I don't think they're – if Wolves weren't struggling, I'd give them the win. But I'm going to go with a draw. Yeah, this is going to be a a very intriguing um, contest. Both of these teams have not been in very good form whatsoever. Uh, Crucial game for Chelsea. um, Crucial game for Wolves, you could say, also. I'm going to agree if you're taking a draw here. I just – there's just something about both of these teams' form right now that I just – I can't get the three points to either one of them. Yeah, that was how I was feeling, too. Burnley versus Aston Villa. Aston Villa looked very good against City today, so I'm going to go Aston Villa. Yeah, both of these teams um, over the last two matches have struggled, really ending uh, their previous three matches of decent form. I am going to go Villa as well. Villa has had matches of absolute brilliance of season, and they have struggled against some other teams as well. I think you, we could see some brilliance um, though it could very well be worth mentioning that both of us could be uh, um, giving Burnley the shaft a little bit, especially at Turf Moore. Yeah, Burnley have been doing a lot better recently too, but I, I just think Aston Villa have been so good. It is important to say they haven't played for like five months, so maybe that will affect them. But Brighton versus Fulham. Fulham have actually played okay recently. Brighton finally got a win uh, against Someone the other week, I think, uh, was it Sheffield? Maybe uh, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna go Brighton again. I think. I think they got it. Yeah, and Fulham has been playing, you know, somewhat decent for the kind of form that they were on. Um, three draws in their last five matches, and they haven't come in their last two. Um, it's Chelsea and United. It's tough for a team like Fulham. Very tough here. I will say, very very tough. I do think Brighton will does get the win. I think their match against Leeds is a good indication of how this one's going to play out. Yeah, next one is Man U versus Sheffield United. Man U have been on fire. Sheffield United have not. They did get their first win a couple days, weeks, day, week. They got their first win recently. <laughs> I'm still going to go Man U. Yeah, I'm going Man U too. I think Sheffield's the one club in the league right now that we could well and truly say is going to be going down at the end of it. I don't know if I'd say that yet. If they could come back, it's possible, but they also are so That's a down. pretty tough mountain to climb. It's probably true that they're not going to make it, but I don't know if I'm, I'm safe to say it yet just because anything can happen. But Everton versus Leicester City, pretty mouthwatering matchup that Everton have been good this season. I think they've kind of gone under the radar. Uh, considering how good they played. Leicester City have been Leicester City. They have definitely not gone under the radar. I, that's a tough one. I'm going to have to say Leicester's going to pull it out. I don't like how many people I'm picking that are probably supposed to win, but. 
And keep in mind, too, that Everton has two matches in hand on Leicester. So this could be a pivotal game for even a top four run, if you could say, for Everton. Everton, they have been very good. I think this is a must-win game for Leicester, especially considering how many teams have given games in hand around them. I'm going Leicester City. I think that attitude is going to be reflected in the play. I, I just think Leicester are unbelievably talented. And I think all of their players, it's, it's one of those things that there's teams that are very talented with a system, and there are teams that are very talented without one. I think Brendan Rodgers has implemented a system that fits his players well. They have a striker that maybe hasn't been banging in goals like he normally does, but he normally does well in that department. James Madison has been superb. I think Harvey Barnes has been amazing as well. It's a great team all around, I think, that also has a system that is positive and makes all of the players better. So that's a very interesting team. I think are going to continue to do well. It'll be interesting to see where they end up falling. But the last game of the match week, Tottenham versus Liverpool, Biggest game of the match week, probably game of the match week, whatever you want to say. I've said Liverpool all year, um, and I felt confident in doing so. I'm going to do them again. I do not feel as confident, but I have a feeling that this is going to be like a cup final to Liverpool because I think it has that much importance right now. And you can almost really say the same thing about Tottenham if they're paying attention to the table and just where they are in comparison to Liverpool and, and last year and some of the teams below them. Very tough game. I'm going to go with a draw here. I think both of these teams are going to be coming out, out guns a-blazing, knowing they have to win this thing. And at the end of the match, I just don't know if there's going to be anything to separate the two. That's. I think that's a very, 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 very strong call, uh, in my opinion. But that'll be it for this edition of Banter O'Clock. I'm here alongside Nicholas O'Dell. Michael Bosky left. He did not give us our predictions, but I can guarantee you he's going to go zero for 10. So just guess whatever the opposite of what the game actually happens. That was Bosky's prediction. So just make sure no problems there. But uh, yeah, I'm Ethan Ryder alongside Nicholas Odell. We were with Michael Bosky. This is Banter Clock. And as always, come for the banter and stay for the knowledge.